0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Not-So-Humble BragCast episode number three. We are recording on January the 23rd, which seems crazy because I thought January just started yesterday, and I have no idea how this month is going by. I swear I say this every single year, and it still remains the case. Maybe one day I'll finally figure out how calendars work. I'm not sure yet. In any case, I want to thank everybody for the extremely positive feedback on episodes one and two. I'm very, very excited for episode three. I'm excited for episode four and beyond. Everybody in queue, please rest assured, I will get to your interview. I am doing them in the order that you applied. There are a lot of you, and I'm very excited to talk to all of you. If you want to try to expedite the uh, situation here, you can always PayPal me, and we can absolutely discuss that down the line. My guest on today's episode is the first of what I hope will be many interviews with a former classmate. Going back to the Vernon Township High School class of 2003. Yes, we're all on the verge of turning 40. We don't need to hear it anymore, folks. We get it. We're old. Our backs hurt. Our knees hurt. But hey, we're living. You know what would be really good for stuff like that? Having a life insurance plan in place. That just sounds like something that would be relevant to those of us who might be halfway done at this point. Oh, that's scary to think about. Let's not go into that. He's made a career for himself in the insurance field. He's going to educate you and entertain you. Going back to that old Epcot adage again. Please welcome my guest, Mike Frangipane. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, Chris. Uh, Pleasure to be part of the podcast. Excited for it.
1: You know, I'm thankful that you, uh, you know, are doing this. You know, this is an awesome, awesome opportunity. Um, You know, just to chat, catch up a little bit, um, and you know, educate
0: some people, um, debunk some myths, and have a good time doing it. And we just had our 20 year high school reunion back in June of last year. High school doesn't feel as far away as I thought it would be after 20 years. I don't know how that is for you. No, not at all. Not at all. You know, I still go around thinking, like I said before, we
1: were chatting, you know, still thinking I'm in high school. (laughs) I still have that 16, 18 year old mindset. Um, (laughs) But, you know, seeing everybody at the reunion was was awesome. You know, everyone kind of came together. Um, You know, we just had fun, you know, whatever group, click, you know, whatever, you know, jock. Yeah, it it doesn't exist anymore. Right. Right. It it was everyone lit up, you know, with just genuine you know, sincerity. Um, yeah. And, and it makes sure it be awesome to go back and do high school again now. Right. Oh. <laughs> Maybe not so much sitting in a class and learning, but just hanging out with the same people
0: that. <laughs> do you, you ever did so have, much- do you ever have the dream that you're back in high school? Cause I've had that dream before. Like I, oh, yeah. like I am late for class and I, and I don't know what my schedule is or it's the, le- it's the day of finals and I haven't been to class all <laughs> year and I don't know how I'm going to make it. Yes. Yeah. I get that all the time. Oddly <laughs> enough, you say that like, I
1: always forget, I don't recall using my locker very much senior year. And I have this reoccurring dream that, like,
0: I need something out of my locker and I don't know where it is and I don't know what the combination <laughs> is. And yeah. I'm just fucking creek without a paddle. Do you That's remember funny. when we got to high school? Uh, they had that brand new section on the high school built. It was like the Pepto Bismol hallway. Everything was pink. And we yeah. all had these jot. Yeah. but the lockers were huge and they were way bigger than the regular lockers. Yep. Yep. And we got way to, to keep those. those way bigger than they needed to be. And I felt I felt kind of guilty too because I don't think senior year I used my locker once. I think I carried everything in my backpack, which was unnecessarily heavy, or I left everything in my car because you know we're seniors and we have cars now. And right, so it was just easier. You know, you, you get to class in time, you can chat with some friends in the hallway instead of going to your locker, just carry everything. Which is funny because I I had a, per, a habit of being perpetually late to like every yes. class. That was always my thing, and now I think that affected me as a. As an adult, because now I'm perpetually early to everything.
1: Yes, yes, I am the same way. It, it's that is funny how how things shape you. It really is. It, it it's funny. Like I have two little ones, so like a lot of the conversations I have with them are literally the same conversations. Like I hear my parents, like I'm literally that progressive commercial, right? You know, don't <laughs> be parents, the old homeowner. Yes. Like, I I hear myself saying the same stuff all
0: the time. It's there. Nuts. I, I love when, when my father comes out and it's pointed out to me and I'm just like, oop. all right, got to fix that. And then my mother will come out and that gets pointed out to me. I'm like, well, and then I'm like, at least I got my sense of humor from her. So I'm right. hoping that's where the positiveness comes from, but we're all like turning into our parents. And we were always, we were always the kids who were like that. Ah, we're never going to be our parents. And then we totally are. Right, it, it it is it's spot on. It's, what, it's what do you do insane. if the kid gets on your lawn? Do you, uh, you know, I'm trying to still be patient.
2: <laughs> I'm not
1: there just yet, but you know, it, it's it's getting close. It's getting close. When like my fr- my kids have friends over and they're playing around the backyard, the ball bounces off the house. I yeah. am that grumpy old man. Uh, yeah, yeah. You I'm know, trying to explain what you know what kind
0: of damage you did and how much it's going to cost to fix and all. Yeah. <laughs> My my neighborhood has a lot of kids in it, so there there were always like the soccer ball will come and hit the back door or something, and all it really does is just scare my cats. But then I'm like <laughs> I'm like staring out the window. I'm like, who's who is that? Where do those kids live? And I'm like, no, I can't I can't do this. That's my father. I can't do this. Right. So going let's let's go back to high school a little bit because um, you mentioned senior year, which I think is like. I think most of us probably had some pretty positive memories about senior year because it's like the year we were getting out. I don't really know anybody that hated their senior year, but when you were still in high school, what were you envisioning yourself as career-wise? Career-wise, I wanted to be a cop. Um, okay. You no, know, my best friend was, was Wayne Corbett. His
1: dad was a sergeant I was always at his house. And really, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what, what I saw myself being. That's what I went to, to college for. That's what I had my degree in. Criminal uh, justice, criminal justice yes. uh, Well, here. Hold on. I, it is in justice studies with a concentration in justice systems and a minor in sociology. All right. Say that three times fast. I uh, want once is enough, once <laughs> is
0: enough. I all that money for the title. I just like saying it here and there. I don't even know where the diploma is. Um, if you just set that as a set of initials and just started typing that out, nobody would be able to figure that out. That's cryptic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I went to college for it. Um, it's what I wanted to do. You know,
1: unfortunately, again, being young and dumb, you don't take things seriously, right? I didn't take the physical aspect of it seriously. Um, it wasn't really quite in shape. So I didn't really pass the, the physically, physical exams, you know, with a high enough score that I needed to. Passed all the written exams. Um, and, you know, when I was applying, a lot of people were coming back from, from some of the wars in Iraq. So they get top priority. Mm -hmm. So it was just an uphill, uphill climb. Um, and it just it just didn't work out. Um, yeah. you know, I was kind of in re- working in retail at the time and getting promoted, um, and again, being young, you know, getting promotions, getting paychecks. It's like it's, it's awesome. Um, and it just that that end of you know my career just kept growing, so the the criminal justice kind of fell by the wayside. but yeah not not what uh not, did not end up doing what I wanted uh, what I set out to do originally twice over oddly enough
0: but I think th- I feel like a lot of people don't though because I didn't I don't remember having a lot of direction after high school but originally I went to school for journalism because I thought I wanted to be a writer and then I realized that I hated working in news like I just absolutely hated it so I transitioned to broadcasting thinking oh I'll work in television and then I when I went to Montclair State University I realized that all their broadcasting department did was news uh, that's actually shiny. how I ended up at Disney. I'm like, well, that wasn't the direction I was going for. But here we are. So but, a fellow Montclair State alum, huh? Yeah, that's right. Montclair State. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Go Redhawks. Yes, go Redhawks. In fact, uh, our, my buddy Bobby, who now works for the WWE as a writer, mm-hmm. was uh, our sports correspondent. And he always did the sports report on our newscasts. And every that's how he ended every one of them with, go Redhawks. And every really? now and again, we'd, we'd encourage him to flap his arms up and down. <laughs> He didn't do that as often as I wanted him to, but when I was directing, that was literally the director's orders, like, Bobby, flap your arms, and he would just sigh and look at the camera, because he knew it was coming, like, Bobby, do, <laughs> hi, Bobby, if you're listening to this, I want to get you on for an interview, too. So when were you at, when were you at MSU? I was a year behind everybody, because I went to Sussex County Community first, I did my two years, and then I actually mm-hmm. stayed, I tried to work. I actually tried to get a job there, and I wasn't planning on finishing my four-year degree, but my parents insisted on it, and they're like, well, we're going to pay for it, so you're going. I was like, all right. Fair so I, so instead of graduating '07, like a lot of our alumni did, I graduated '08. but I don't regret anything about it. I had a great time at Montclair. Yeah, it was fun. Like I said, I mean, I, I was local in the area, so the commute was super easy.
1: I was working in the area, too. Uh, but yeah, I did the... Two years. I actually think I did two and a half at Sussex County because I was like one class short, and they didn't offer it the the last semester. I needed it, so I like doubled down and did a, a fifth full semester. So a lot transferred over. So I think I still graduated on time. I think. Again, <laughs> it's it's all a blur.
0: Well, then I then I had the problem of I actually did my classes too fast, and my last semester I didn't have anything to do. <laughs> so Good there bad. was that there was that problem too, but. So, yes, so you currently work in the life insurance field. How did that come about initially? Uh, Dumb luck, to be honest with you. Uh, Like I said, I – out of college,
1: you know, got into retail, got promoted, became a store manager, uh, managed a couple different locations. What Um, store was
0: that, if you don't mind me asking? So I started at Sears. Uh, Sears at the Willowbrook Mall. Um, Sears at the Willowbrook Mall. Throwback. Sears Uh, and Willowbrook. Still you, there. you non-Jersey folk, don't understand why I just marked out for that. <laughs> <laughs> Willowbrook Mall's were – thats where I met Brett the Hitman. Hard on my 21st birthday was the Willowbrook Mall. I got fond memories so. of Willowbrook. Yeah, it, yeah. Listen, it was—I think back at high school
1: the same way I think about that Sears. We used to go on break over to the to the Fun Center. They had that arcade right in the corner there in Willowbrook. The we used to go uh, real quick. To, our managers would be chasing us back back to work. Um, so I was there for—I probably had Sears for for 12 years um bounced around a couple after willowbrook was probably my longest store i think i was there seven eight years so then bounced around a couple you know up here up in in sussex county did the <clears throat> the one up here local in newton it was at west milford for a while and then i kind of made the jump like i'm I'm always like loyal like i like staying i like consistency i like staying um and sears had its struggles you know i had a couple offers from some other retailers old peers that, that made a jump and tried to recruit me. I'm like, I'm good. I'm like, I'm, I'm staying here. I'm a GM. I, I'm enjoying life. I'm the boss. Like it's, you know, I, I got to where I wanted to be at that point in time. Um, so I'm like, let me enjoy this. And then, you know, the second or third time, the same person, you know, offered me positions at, at Best Buy uh, is where I wound up going up to, you know, I kind of sat back and thought about it. At that point, I had my second son, so I kind of thought about it. i like, where where am I going with this, right? Like, do I want to be a district manager? And it wasn't about, you know, can I do it? It's do I want do I want to do it? Do I want to do 80, 90 hours a week uh, with, with two kids? And, you know, the answer was no. So
0: um, I wouldn't want to do about, that with zero kids.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's, it was tough. Like I said, I was used to it because when I was at Sears, you know, I worked. You know, they'd offer overtime. I'd work. Didn't have a family. I worked open morning tonight, overtime. over time. Don't tell me twice. Um, right, right. I, just, I carried that
0: mentality um, for the longest time. It just became second nature. Um, you very, know, but, Very similar I, to uh, the interview I conducted on episode one with my buddy, Chris Decker, who told me his two favorite letters in the English alphabet were O and T. But yeah, same thing, yeah. the family, you know, he got the family and the same, same story. You know, the family kind of changes your mindset on a lot of that stuff. It did. It did. So
1: yeah, like I said, I went I wound up going to um, you know, to Best Buy. Cause like I said, I kinda got to the point where Sears, I was it was there was no upward movement for me that was gonna fit what I wanted in a work life balance. So I went to Best Buy. I took a step down in title, but a big step up in pay. So I'm like, I said I'm good. Um (laughs) to work with my schedule, it, it was it was awesome. Um, you know, so I went there um you know i became kind of like a peer leader for a lot of the people you know in that store just because i had general manager experience um so even if i wasn't necessarily doing doing like the big boss job i was still kind of helping out with it um and i was doing that and then got to the point where it, it was the same thing you know they were the company's changing covid changed so much in in the retail world some good some bad but you know the the company started changing. There was rumors of you know positions being eliminated and all this kind of stuff. and it just got me thinking, what do I want to do? Like, do I want to be a store manager again? like do I want to go that route again? Um, and again, the answer the answer was no. So um just kind of brushed up LinkedIn uh, and you know, my partner at the current company I'm at just reached out. Uh, we had some conversations it was it was interesting like we had. Three or four conversations, you know, via Zoom, via phone uh, with her and then with her boss and then like the regional boss. And I never really felt like I was interviewing. It, it was the strangest thing. Uh, and then we got to the point where she's like, oh, so do you want to you want to join? And I'm like, you know what? <sighs> Let's do it. You know, now's now's as good a time as any. I'm not getting any younger. Right. Right. <laughs> so I 40s around the corner. Um, you know, it, it's not. I'm not going any higher with this without sacrificing the family. Uh, and the current industry I'm in gives great flexibility. And uh, you know, I kind of dictate my own schedule. So that's kind of what made me do it. You know, they, they, I asked some questions, you know, if, you know, how is there, like, can you come into this game this late with no experience? You know, and the answer was yes. And I, I will say, you know, that hasn't been a lie. You know, the the training that they do is, is world-class. You know, the licensing process was super easy. I did all that while I was still working at Best Buy. So, you know, I kind of was able to kind of do it at my pace, you know, kind of learn it at, at my pace. And, you know, it's it's been a great transition. It's a great field. I learned so much personally, you know, just getting licensed to do this that I wish I did it 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, it might have been different challenges doing it 20 years ago, but... The amount of times – like you can ask my wife. It's nuts. The amount of times I was reading stuff, learning stuff that said, we should have learned this in high school. (laughs) It's so much better than the French and Indian War. We would have been so much better learning this stuff. But the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell.
0: (laughs) I know. Well, you know, I take that to the bank every day. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's just it, though. You kind of hit on it. And and I've said this before, and I've talked to a lot of people in the same boat just – Through all the connections I've made, even through wrestling, because everybody's got a a day job. We're not all doing wrestling stuff every weekend, even though we all want to be. But uh, everybody can start over. And it's never too late to start over. And I know plenty of people older than me who've gone into entirely new fields just out of the blue. And they're like, this is something I never thought I'd ever do with my life. But like I said, I went to broadcasting school. I never thought I'd be a hotel manager. But here I am. Right, And I never, I mean, I'm putting my broadcasting degree right now (laughs) to use on this podcast, but you know, I never, I never thought I'd be a hotel manager. I never thought I'd work in the trucking field. And I did that. I worked in a warehouse and I actually really liked it. It's never too late to start over and plenty of people do it. And to, to quote my dear mother, who is probably listening to this episode, she's even said, you know, Maybe life does begin at forty when she was I was talking about all the stuff I was doing very it's very true it it's very
1: true I mean you're able to make decisions with just more experience and perspective behind them
0: you know and and things are different yeah and and sometimes I'm glad that certain things happen later in life because even though my sense of humor is still back in high school and always will be. Absolutely. Uh, I, I've definitely grown as a, as a person and, you know, as far as maturing and making decisions and being out in the adult world as, as we all have. And there are some things I've done now that I'm glad I'm doing now. And I didn't do years and years ago. Um, just using wrestling announcing as the example, I won't go back and watch any footage of me from like 2005 2005. 2006, because I sound so terrible and I don't want to look at it. And there was like one show I did where I got sunburned. So I didn't even put the suit on. So I'm wearing a t-shirt and I kept my hat on and I was wearing it backwards. I'm like, why did I think that was a good idea? And there was like a thousand people there. So I get, I look back and I'm like, man, what was I thinking? Now I know, you know, with wisdom and everything, we just did an outdoor show this past July in front of almost 3000 people and I had a full suit on the entire time. I didn't care. I didn't care how yeah. hot it was because that was the, That's the difference in professionalism. And
1: Liz, I hear you. I hear you. I said I don't know. I would have loved to have learned, you know, th- this industry and this field when I was younger. But I don't think again. You have such a limited mindset and a limited just set of experience and network. Really, I mean, right. so much to do is network that you know. It, what what 21-year-old wants, wants to learn about life
0: insurance? It, it's people, <laughs> right? What 21-year-old wants to learn about networking? I think well, you that's know, just it, it. it. Right. So, like, I would have gotten my license and been like, okay, you know, who needs life
1: insurance? And, and you know, had 10 friends maybe from high school I still talk to, uh, and
0: they would have <laughs> said, yes, yes, no, 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 no. And I
1: would have <laughs> broken on the streets.
0: Yeah. What networking were we doing in college? I wanted to know where the girls in the beer was. Like, that was ne- that was networking. I was talking to uh, to Sam Adams and St. Paul's girl, and uh,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> Jack yep. Daniels. Jack Daniels. Yeah, that was the uh, that was. I think that was it though, because I was such a quiet kid in high school that when I got to college, I didn't want to be the quiet kid anymore, so I became the party kid. And then Disney kind of wrecked me a little bit because I lived with two frat guys, and we were that apartment security <laughs> knew us by name because of how often they that we'd get called. But yeah, nice to that every now and again. Oh yeah.
1: And Stinks. You yeah, have some friends over having a couple beers and it's all. All right. I got to go. Kids are getting tired. Yeah. Nah, kids are getting go. tired. I gotta let my dog out. Like something, there's always something. God
0: damn. Some what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing this weekend? I got to mow the lawn and. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's different. It's it sh- different. It sure is. But as uh, I actually mentioned this to a couple of friends at, at the reunion, you know, I don't, who who thought letting us go out and be grownups was a good idea. that was. Not a good idea at all, but somehow we're faking it and making it work. So We sure are. We sure are. Yeah, and the reunion was so much fun because it was just so cool to see everybody just, you know, out there living life and just being happy. And a lot of really good people that you don't, you don't see for a long time. Now, our generation, I think we're a little spoiled because we're kind of the social media generation. You know, MySpace came out when we were still in high school, so we already had a way to keep in touch, which I think – I I remember that kind of going into the mindset behind the 10 year reunion, not happening was we were already in touch. And I I think there was some laziness and just procrastination getting it planned, but yeah, I mean, you'll always have that. You're right. We, we we generation you're right. Like it's, I
1: never did the MySpace thing. I boycotted social media for the longest time. (laughs) You know, I did
0: the AOL Instant Messenger, you know, that was the text messaging. before oh, text. AOL Instant Messenger. I miss, I miss AOL Instant <laughs> Messenger. And if it was still around, I would still use it today. Absolutely. I, I, I could think of all kinds of different, you know, one-liners I'd leave as my away message.
1: <laughs> <laughs> BRB, LOL. Right, right. But I mean, we had, it's, we we're in that weird sandwich generation where, you know, we were able to, you know, communicate just talk to people without having devices in our hands or the social media. Right. And then we kind of ushered that in. So like we kind of get the best of both worlds. Right. But it is weird. A 20 year reunion. Like you think you see these people all the time because you're scrolling through. Okay. That, you know, there's Chris, there's this one, there's that one, there's that one. It's feel like you like, you still are kind of in touch, but yeah. the other person on the other side doesn't know like you're, or maybe, you know, they see the like or whatever the case may be. But when you actually see them, it's just—it's so different. It really is. Oh, like I think like social media kind of just numbed everybody to to a lot of the interpersonal skills. And I see it in my field all the time, just having conversations with with younger people. It's so much different than having conversations with people our age. Yeah, like they just don't know how to go out and just
0: talk to people. <laughs> like I, I, I work with a couple of girls that are very young, and they're fun to talk to, but it's also very obvious that. There's a generational gap, a very big one, because they're both teenagers. Well, nineteen, which is still technically yeah. Yeah, feels like a teenager to me at this point. Like they're they're fun to work with and they're fun to talk to, but at the same time, they'll we'll have conversations and be like, Yeah, you're you're definitely a nineteen year old girl. Right.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean that was I had that again, going from Sears to going to Best Buy. Like Sears was all the old heads and I was always the young kid. And then when I went yeah. to Best Buy, it flipped on its head. Oh yeah. Best Buy's always young guy kids. Guy there. And they're all young kids, all tech savvy. And like when I say I worked at Best Buy, just for the listeners, I managed the appliance department. So I even had like the old guy section in Best Buy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Refrigerators so like, I, and washer dryers. And yeah,
1: yeah, all that stuff. And again, stuff that like I've taken with me and learned in life. And like I'm redoing my kitchen or buying appliances. Like I look at all these different things that, most people don't think about. So it's, you know, it gave me back something, something I could take it back in life, but it was the same thing. We had so many young kids and, you know, being a manager, you're trying to help them, you know, grow personally and professionally. But when there is a 20 year age gap, like I'm talking to some people like I'm their father. Right. I had, there was an associate, same thing, 16,
0: 18, 19, I'm 38. I literally be your father. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It's like the one guy we work with, he's, you know, he's almost 60. So he'll, he'll chat with the girls and they'll be like, look, I'm old enough to be your grandfather. So let's you yeah. know, put things in perspective yeah. here. Yeah. And that's actually pretty crazy too, to think about like, like how we're all at that, that weird age now where we're in that, like that ideal adult age where some of us actually could be grandparents at this point. Yeah. If uh, yeah, if you have is. if you had a kid young enough and they had a kid young enough you absolutely could be.
1: Definitely. Definitely. I know some of our classmates that have I think 12 year olds, 13, 14 year olds. Yeah. It's
0: it's nuts. Although I don't it's remember I don't know, I don't know what I would do with a teenager right now. Now, I might be wrong and correct me cuz you know, I'm I'm getting older too. I don't remember all 360-something people we graduated high school with. I actually do remember most of them. Like, every now and again, if I'm feeling nostalgic, I'll thumb through the senior yearbook. And I'll, every now and again, I'll come across somebody. I'll be like, I don't really have memory of this person in our class. But for the most part, I remember all of you. So you're welcome if that means anything to you guys. <laughs> but I don't remember anybody being pregnant our senior year. Do you? No. No. I, I feel like that started becoming more of an issue to the younger classes because a lot of people yeah. I know who graduated oh four oh five oh six always talked about pregnancies, and I feel like the higher the class got the uh more frequency the pregnancies got. Yeah. so it seemed like that that started becoming a bigger issue after we left
1: yeah i don't I don't remember any like I now that you say it, I feel like maybe there was one. Or rumor of one, but I, I don't. Re- I don't remember anybody eight months ready to pop walking down the hall.
0: No, absolutely not. I don't, and I don't think there was anybody pregnant in our high school at all. I don't even remember. No, because I feel like that would have spread because it's high school stuff. Spreads like wildfire. Oh yeah, no. you know if if somebody drives a golf cart through the shed behind the cafeteria, everybody knows about it
2: <laughs> pretty quick.
0: <laughs> yeah, even those of us, you know, some of us eyewitnessed it, but the rest of us figure that out because do you ever see that thing where it's like what was your high school story and i'm always like the, that was always the one i remember was the golf cart through the shed who did that uh, don't say, that. Don't say I don't, do I don't, that. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say it i'm not we're not here to talk bad about anybody by. what shed <clears throat> the one behind the cafeteria there was like a storage shed out there that security used and somebody jacked the golf cart and drove it through the shed during my because i was a. Uh, Senior year, I was uh, fifth period lunch. I remember that because lunch was perfectly halfway through the day. Perfect time to have lunch. And and I watched, we watched it happen. We heard the crash. We watched him dart into the woods. And then we all just laughed because what <laughs> else are you going to do? That's it. That's <laughs> what listen. else are you going to do? You
1: run into the woods. That's really it. You don't think about, you know, oh, crap, I got to come back to this place tomorrow. Which is-
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but we had a. Although I want to say we did have a pretty decent class. We didn't have any like Advent troublemakers. Like nobody went and did. I know some people got in trouble, but nobody did like real hard time that I can remember. Or- yeah, no, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. We
1: we had fun. We were.
0: But but the classes you know, after O three, if I remember seeing a lot of those stories. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe 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 there was something to Tom Anderson in MySpace after all. Maybe good old Tom. So, yeah. All right, folks, we're going to take our first break here. When we come back, we're going to dive into the world of life insurance. And Mike is going to educate you folks on why you should have life insurance now. Answer a couple of common myths about life insurance. And might you might learn something, kids. So get those graduation caps on for those of you who have already graduated and are uh, pushing 40 listening to this. And I know we had a lot of interest from our classmates, so I know a lot of them are tuning into this. So shout out to all of you. Maybe you all are going to learn something, and maybe you'll be the next person I yeah, interview. What's myself. up, guys? Yeah. <laughs> what up? So we'll be right back.
2: Professional wrestling is a phenomenon that can be found all over the world. Some companies claim to be number one. Some companies claim to make an impact. Some companies claim to be elite. But in this giant world of professional wrestling, there is only one alpha, the A.W.O. The Alpha Wrestling Organization. Now you can read all about the A.W.O. by visiting Amazon and picking up a copy of A.W.O. Big Time Players Episode One, The Beginning of Change. You can also find A.W.O. Big Time Players Episode Two and A.W.O. Big Time Players Episode Three. Be on the lookout for future AWO titles. The world needs change, and that change is the AWO, the Alpha Wrestling Organization. Hey
1: everybody, this is Dan Peck, letting you know that you can join myself, Chris, and other members of the CKCC community on Twitch each and every week. From video game playthroughs, interactive quizzes, and trivia, or just hanging out, there's always something happening on Twitch. So go to twitch.tv slash ckcconline to join the fun, and make sure you subscribe so
0: you never miss out. Welcome back to the Not So Humble BragCast, sitting down with my high school classmate Mike Frangipane, working in the life insurance field. And we're going to kind of dive in a little bit here, because first of all, let's, let's kind of just touch on what life insurance is, so the people understand what it is that you actually do.
1: So, life insurance, in, in a nutshell, really just replaces income or erases debts in the event of the unknown, right? The God forbid, you know, unfortunately it's a, it's a morbid conversation sometimes, but you never know. Right. Um, you know, you see it all the time. I feel like it's always around Christmas too. You always see it on the news, you know, someone gets into a car accident and leaves behind two kids or, you know, you just never know. So you want to make sure that your family is, is prepared for the God forbid for the, what if, um, and life insurance can, can solve that. I mean, but that's not necessarily the only thing it does, which a lot of people don't know. Life insurance is a great tool that can, you know, create generational wealth, which was the biggest takeaway that I kind of came across. Like that was my aha moment, you know, when I when I got licensed, is you know how how it can help set up families for for generations, uh, and even if you don't necessarily have have kids, like there's still benefits and uses to it. So there, there's so many different ways you can go about it. it it's just an important part of the financial puzzle, right? You know, everyone just thinks, you know, retirement, you know, I need to just make sure I save money for retirement, you know, and there's, um, there's obviously importance in that as well. But life insurance is a piece of that puzzle also.
0: So what you actually do is, this is actually kind of interesting here. Your one of your specialties is you do a lot of individual catering to people's individual needs, because obviously, no two cases are ever going to be the same here. So go in, go into detail a little bit about what that entails like how you how you'll set up a plan for one person maybe maybe say like an individual without a family without a spouse versus a family of four the nuclear family Sure
1: yeah I mean definitely there's like you said no two cases are alike right and you know a lot of people you know, we touched on it before, you know, being in that, that sandwich generation of you know the internet research and all that kind of stuff. And you'll go crazy trying to figure out and become a financial professional online. There's so many different strategies. You know, some people say, you know, buy term, invest a difference. Some people say just go whole life. And we'll get a little bit more. I'm probably throwing terms out that are that are going <laughs> over everyone's head. But um, there's just different ways to go about it. You know, and I like to approach my clients and just get to know them and, and just figure out what what it is they're looking to achieve. You know, every every meeting and appointment I, I start with a client, my first question is, what are you looking to get out of this meeting? Um I just let them talk, you know, what, what their their concerns are, what their goals and objectives are, what they're looking to protect. And then you know then that's where kind of I use my expertise to to devise a plan. Um, and no no two cases are, are identical, really. You know, I mean a family of four with a mortgage may require a larger amount of protection than someone single in their 20s, say, you know. um, You know, we kind of talked about, you know, being in your 20s and needing life insurance. It it can become important and there's benefits to it as well, but there's just differences in the need versus what you want to do. And there's a little bit of, um, you know, foreshadowing and kind of seeing where your life, where you project your life to be or where you'd like your life to be um, and getting ahead of it and planning, planning early, right? It's one of those things that, you know, we all get jobs when we're young. Uh, um, you know, and then you're filling out your benefits and all that stuff and the 401k comes up and people are like, yeah, I guess I'll, you know, start saving for retirement. You know, but it's not like you're thinking at twenty about retirement at eighty, right? But a lot of people don't think about life insurance at twenty, um, because it's a little bit further down the road, but it's it's just as important. So I mean to kind of answer the question, it really just get to know the clients, get to know their needs, get to know what their concerns are, and then kind of go over the process, how it works. Um what I might think an appropriate amount is amount of coverage is, see where they are, you know, kind of see if they're in agreement, meet in the middle and then um then the most important part is try to marry it with a budget.
0: right. that's the other thing is right every single every, everything everything is fine and dandy if you know <laughs> you might need three,
1: right. you might need three million dollars worth of coverage, but I can only afford you know two hundred thousand. you know that that
0: changes things, but yeah, sure. I mean really just getting to know people. Okay, so what I got here, this actually comes from Liberty Mutual's official website. It's dispelling the top 10 myths about life insurance. So let's go over a couple of these. Uh, myth number one, life insurance is only for older people.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a myth. Definitely a myth. You know, any, anybody has has a need, right? We're all going to die at some point. It's, it's unavoidable, right? Death and taxes. We hear it our whole life. The only two guarantees. <laughs> and it's what you want to leave behind to to family members um, you know, again, life insurance can obviously pay for final expenses, erase any debts. It'll keep the family living, keeping the same standard of living, you know, as if you were there, you know, God forbid something happens. Or, you know, you get old and gray um and and eventually pass, and you can leave things behind two loved ones, two children, two grandchildren, to charities if you want. Sure. You know, some people charity, you know, charitable giving, give it back to the church, give it back to charitable organization you know, so you don't necessarily need the family. So yeah, definitely a myth. Um, and one of the biggest benefits of doing it younger is it's all based off your health, right? It's one of those things where like, Hey, I'm going to wait till I really need it, you know, but you don't know what the future holds. You don't know a, if you, if you do it when you're 40, instead of 20, you're paying 40 year old premiums versus 20 year old premiums. It's a lot, a lot more expensive. You're paying later in life. So you're paying longer in life. um, and you don't know what the hell's going to be. You might get to that point where like, hey, you know, once I, you know, buy a house with my spouse or have kids, I'll do it then. And you don't know if you might be uninsurable then, you know, it's, you don't know what life holds, you know, it's even looking at like taking our, our, our classmates, you know, it's crazy. The amount of classmates that we've had that have passed. I feel like we've had a couple recently. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, it, it's, it's really sad and doing what I do, it kind of makes me think, and I kind of put like guilt on myself about it. Like I I could have been in a position to help had I reached out. Right. Um, you know, and same thing. You know, we have classmates that are that are very sick, unfortunately. And we're all cheering them off from the sidelines on Facebook and, you know, giving them the love. But in in my field it makes you think like, gee, I
0: hope there's some kind of coverage or protection in place should God forbid happen. Right. Right. Um, and you're, you're just looking out for them and their best, their best assets in mind. It's like, it's not a morbid mindset at all. You have their best interest in mind because you're not just thinking about them. We're thinking about their families. Yeah. I mean, again, you need to know, like speaking of our classmates, just in in, in general, like we, we grew up
1: together, right. We spent how many years together. Right. So there is some best interest in in mind. Right. But I think, you know, in this industry, Obviously, it's a sales driven position. So people kind of have that misconception of, you know, they're just trying to sell me something. Um, and that, that's furthest from the case. Like when I meet people, like I said, I mean, my, my conversation is what are you looking to achieve? Whatever you're looking to achieve, I will, I will give you my expertise to marry your needs and then you make the decision, right? Um, I just want people to be educated and informed. Wherever it goes from there, it goes from there.
0: All right, let's break down the next myth here. Is life insurance too expensive for me? Oh, not at all. Not at all. Most people
1: um overestimate the cost of life insurance three to four times the amount that it really is. They really do. Um it, it, it could be super affordable, you know, for for smaller policies, even for larger policies, you know, again, based on age and health. So there's a whole bunch of variables. It's also based on gender. This is a, a situation where females pay less than males because we're more risky, you know, just by nature. It's all mathematics and analytics. So, you know, some, men die some younger.
0: Of, some of that's factual. It men, uh, men can be a lot stupider. It, it we've determined this. Very true. Yes, we hold that title. We are not giving it up. Um, how, how many people I know that I've worked with in wrestling that I've seen them do dumb stuff in their backyards? It's never been one of the female wrestlers I work with. It's always been the guys.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: But no, like I said, it, it,
1: it can be relatively affordable. Um, it all comes back to, again, just. Having the conversation
0: and seeing, checking the water, seeing where it's at and, and going from there. All right. Uh, this myth here says I only need a life insurance policy if I have children or support people who depend on my income for support. Again, not, not,
1: definitely not true. I mean, obviously, you know, a list of myths that we're, we're debunking are probably all not going to be true, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there are, again, I'm going to go high level real quick for you. Life Insurance 101. You pretty much have. Term insurance and then permanent insurance. It's your difference between renting and owning. Term plan is just like car insurance. You pay it, something happens, you get payout. Nothing happens, insurance company keeps the money, which most people hate. Like Most people are like, why, why are you going to keep the money? It's a waste. It's a waste, a waste of my time. Yet people still pay their car insurance. You know They don't think twice to put $8 a month You know, coverage on their cell phone that they're probably never going to use. Yeah. Which um, life insurance can be less than $8 a month, depending on age and health. Um, So you have term, permanent. Permanent, you keep forever. As long as you're up on your your premium payments, um, you keep forever. When you do die, someone will get a payout. Permanent life insurance plans, though, have cash value that grows as well. So you're almost like putting a savings account aside that you can tap into if you want, right? So you don't need to go to a bank and get a loan. Typically cash value life insurance loans have better interest when you're borrowing against yourself versus going to a bank. You no know, credit check. Um, and it's also a good, a good buffer retirement asset as well, because it grows, um, tax free when you take it out as a loan. There's no tax consequences to it. Um, and like I said, it's just a good buffer asset to, to retirement. Should you get to you know the golden age, you're ready to retire, and your 401k, or your IRAs aren't doing so well, and you're you're forced to either work longer or have a lower standard of living come the end of life. A lot of people use cash value life insurance to kind of bridge that gap. So there's definitely better, more uses than just having a family and you know giving money to to kids and loved ones and things like that. There's definitely uses for for people that want to be single, um, don't have a family to leave it behind to. There's definitely ways to leverage, um cash value with inside permanent policies that a lot of people just don't know about. Um, and grows tax-free.
0: So any, anytime you can kind of grow money tax-free and stick it to the government, it's always a good thing. (laughs) All right. So what if I have life insurance through my employer? Would I still need a policy? Should I still look into an outside policy?
1: Um, well, there were two questions in there. Do you still need a policy? Maybe, maybe not. Should you look into another one? Absolutely. Um, And again, that's a huge, huge objection we get in the field that I have it through my employer. I'm good. Most employers offer one times, two times, depending on the industry you're in, maybe three times your salary. Um, And and when you think about it, you're essentially, if it's even at the max, three times your salary, you're replacing your income for three years. You know, if, if you are leaving it to a family and want them to keep the standard of living, that life insurance through work is lasting you three years. And honey, kids, you got to figure it out after that, right? So it's generally <laughs> not enough. Um, so definitely worth having having the conversation. It's great to have. I always tell my clients, if work offers life insurance, take it. Because it's usually group term rates and it's pennies on the dollar. So anything you can accent you know, to a personal plan is, is well worth it. Just trying to get people the best value. But when you leave that employer or if you retire, a lot of the times it doesn't come with you. You think it's there your whole life. And then, you know, you leave or God forbid something happens, Uh, your new employer doesn't offer life insurance, you're kind of left, left without some options. So I would definitely, um, I would definitely suggest people have the conversation and add that to piece of the puzzle.
0: No point in getting through a couple of these myths because you already talked about um, the taxes and everything um, and taking out a policy on, you don't just, you can't, you don't just take one out on yourself. So you kind of answered those, but here's an interesting one. Some people believe that they they just won't qualify if they have a pre-existing medical condition. Again,
1: I mean, you don't know until until you apply. You know, you got to go through the underwriting process, right? Um, and it's an application. You could be declined, but there's no harm in in applying whatsoever. You know, if if there is a pre-existing condition, there are some that we accept at a, at a lower rating. There could be some that would disqualify you, but you don't know until... Until so you apply, and there's no cost or harm in applying. You can go through underwriting, find out what you will come back at, and then say, "Hey, I'm good. I don't want it." Um, and you just get that information, that piece of the puzzle, right? You could be uninsurable earlier in life. You know, conditions could change um,
0: or go away, and then become insurable later in life. So you, you never know. Is there any particular myth that you yourself would like to debunk that we didn't just mention? I mean you covered most of most of the big ones, right? You know, most people that are
1: younger say I don't need it. I'll get it when I'm older. You know, we kind of talked about that. Um, you know, if I'm single, I don't plan on having a family. We kind of talked about that. Those are some of the bigger ones. Work is a huge one. Um, you know, we kind of covered that. So I mean, I would say that that those are are probably the three or four biggest myths
0: that that are out there that prevent people from just seeking further education i think that's true with a lot of industries insurance definitely cuz um well i've never directly worked in the insurance field i've worked for companies that had an insurance department so i've learned a little bit about what they do and there are quite a lot of people who kind of just who kind of just don't realize There is a lot to it, but also it's not that, it's not as difficult and it's not as complicated as a lot of people seem to think it is. And I think some of that has to do with what you mentioned earlier. There's a lot of buzzwords and industry terms that go with it that I think frighten a lot of people because, you know, it's kind of like reading the ingredients on the back of the, the back of the box of cereal. You're terrified of what you're putting in your body because you just don't understand that that's a harmless chemical. Right. I mean, definitely, you know, and
1: like I said, I mean, my, my biggest, you know, concern or or, or goal really, it's not a concern, but just being able to educate people, right? Like people, you know, who know what I do. I say, Hey, we should sit down and talk. Like, I don't want life insurance. I just want to talk. I want to have a conversation and, and figure these things out. And my goal is always to kind of, again, first get to know people's goals and objectives, but then explain it in a nice, easy way. Like I'm no genius. Right. Mensa is not letting me in anytime tomorrow, <laughs> you know, so I like, that's okay. We'll things. hang out outside. We're good. <laughs> um, I like dumbing things down and just putting it in, in everyday terms so, so people can understand, right? Like I don't like the, the stuffy sales situation. I just like sitting back, you know, same thing like we are just, you know, chatting, shooting the shit and going right. from there getting to know people, uh, explaining how it is answering their questions. You know, I check in with my clients all the time, even if I'm explaining stuff, like, hey, stop me if you have any questions. Or if I've said a lot, like, hey, I said a lot. Any questions, comments, concerns? Did I say anything that brought up, you know, brought up any thoughts? Um, you know, just so they can make – be comfortable with with their decision and or just their understanding, more importantly.
0: And I think that's a big key factor too is when – and I mean I've worked in, this, in several industries where this has been the case and I'm sure you see it too – People get very defensive when they feel like you're talking down to them because you're, you're using too many big words they don't understand or you're, you're not explaining things out properly and they feel like, they feel like they're dumb. They're dumb compared to you. Then they get a little defensive, sometimes even a little hostile. So when you, when you really do dumb it down, I mean, layman's terms are layman's terms for a reason and everybody, everybody's good at that. But the best people in this kind of industry are the ones who can break it down for somebody. And if you're doing that for your clients, I already feel like you've won half the battle already yeah, by just talking I to them. I've, I've never, even when
1: I was a retail manager and, you know, and, and a, a boss, I never wanted to be a boss. I always wanted to be a leader, right? I don't need to be the smartest person in the room. I don't. <laughs> I just want to make sure I, I can help you. Um, and, and kind of go from there, right? If it, I'm the anyone... smartest
0: person in the room, y'all are in the wrong room. Get out. And exactly. Find another room. It, we'll find another building. <laughs> <laughs> but what's cool is I'm, I'm learning about stuff just by chatting with you and you haven't even really like dove deep into it, which you don't have to. Obviously I'm not, you're not looking to sell me on life insurance. I already know I'm, I'm getting it. So like <laughs> I don't, I don't need the, the sale pitch, but. Maybe this isn't the right way to word it, but I kind of feel like if people would just just open their minds I guess and just understand yeah. that uh that you guys are not talking at them, you're talking to them like you're 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 talking with them you're uh, I guess that's kind of the way I want to word it. You're having a conversation, kind of like what we're doing right here. That's
1: and that, that's that's all it is. And, you know, that's what some of the you know the the more successful agents you know do. Sure, are there some out there that just want to make a buck and and are gonna stick it to you? Sure. And unfortunately, that puts you know bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. You have that in any industry, right? You know, we talked about before. You go buy appliances, you go buy a car, go buy a house, like whatever the case may be. You know, nobody wants to be sold. Right, they want to buy something, right? Right, and I'm just again, my goal is really just to have those conversations and and see where it goes, and and just help, right? Um, it, it's really <clears throat> again, I, I keep stressing it, it. It's all about having a conversation and just building that that trust and, and rapport with that person to get to know their needs and give them the information so. So they make a decision. Right. And that's why, like I said it before, you know, the, the the Internet research and, you know, the Internet's never wrong. But, you know, people have, you know, <laughs> by term, I mean, by term, invest the difference or do this or do this. Or, hey, You should do this without knowing anybody. Um, and those are all great strategies for the right situation. But you need to know the situation first. And I think that's the biggest part of just insurance in general uh, and setting things up for for people that where they're comfortable with their decision, they understand their decision because the amount of people I've talked to that bought life insurance, you know, from somebody else or online. And I say, Hey, let me just take a look at it. Let me see what you got and explain to you what you have. Right. And if you, everything that you have is what you thought it was great. I've done my job. I make no money. You're happy with your purchase. You're good. I know you're good. That's it. We move on. (laughs) But if there's opportunities let's talk about it. Right. Um, and I've had plenty of clients who are the same thing. They're like, Hey, I'm good. I'm all set. Right. All set is, is, is a customer for industry term. We hear all the time. Um, I'm all set. You know, I kind of ask, what does all set look like? And sometimes it is, I have life insurance through work, right? I bought a policy when I was 22 and you know, I'm good. It has cash value. And again, not all policies are created the same. So you take a look at things and just, again, people being willing and open, to having a conversation, lowering that guard. But a lot of that guard lowering it comes from from the agent and just from being genuine and sincere. You know, just wanting
0: to wanting to help people. So when you're talking yeah. to somebody and you're you're just kinda just kind of shooting with them a little bit and getting this information, what are some other than uh I'm all set, are there any other like significant red flags that come up and you're just like, okay, hold on, let's stop there and let's let's talk. Um you know
1: anytime You know, life events are a huge, huge, huge—not necessarily a red flag, but a great indicator that we should probably have a conversation, right? You have a child, you have a second child, third child. Like your needs change. You buy a mortgage. You're in the most debt you're ever going to be in when you when you when you own a house, right? Like the things change. You know, when when people have loved ones that do pass, you know that the it kind of goes up. You know, they kind of see those struggles of. We weren't able to pay for the funeral. We had to do a GoFundMe or it wasn't even a concern. We had an inheritance, a life insurance policy, something like that. Like those life events are generally good triggers to have conversations. Um, but just the all set, like I said, I don't like arguing with people. You know, when they say I'm all set and I say, what, you, what do you mean all set? You know, I, I bet you're not, blah, blah, blah. Just tell, hey, tell me what all set looks like to you. Like I just want to know, right? Um, it, it's usually the life events that make people realize, you know, um, And we've talked a lot about life insurance, and that is the bread and butter of what I do. But, you know, me, me and my company, we also do disability insurance, long-term care. That's a big one, long-term care that a lot of people don't think about until they see a grandparent or a parent have to either go into a nursing home and see what those costs are mm. or can't afford a nursing home. And they're relying on their children, you know, in, in this generation to be us taking care of our parents. And, and what does that look like? Like, do I have the time? Do I have the financial means to do that? There's insurances for that as well. So, you know, part of what I do is just kind of look at the big picture, right? And kind of see, you know, what the family dynamic is and, and what the needs are and just educate. We might not do everything up at once, but, you know, let's set up some life insurance, maybe some disability insurance, you know, let things get set up a little bit. Then we have that long-term care conversation, right? I also do retirement planning and investing as well. So it all kind of goes you know, in, in together, right? It's not one checkbox versus the other, right? I had a, a great conversation with uh, a really young um, client the other day. That was interested in life insurance, but also interested in in retirement planning and investing. And I was explaining the differences, same way we were talking about term term life insurance and permanent life insurance. And I see him writing down all kinds of numbers. And like, okay, this this, all right, this costs this much a month. Okay, and that costs that much a month. He's like, okay, all right. I think in a year I want to do this. I'm like, tell me more. Tell me why. Like, why do you why do you think that? Like originally we were supposed to talk about retirement planning and all that kind of fun stuff. And like, you're like, Hey, this is great. I want to do this now. Um, you know, your, your best bet is to kind of shift the gears, like think for the future. Right. Um, and that's kind of what I do. I kind of help organize people's goals. Right. <laughs> just get it all on one track for them. Cause it's not a, Hey, all right, let me do life insurance. Hey, all right. Maybe I can use disability insurance. And eh, eventually I'm going to get old. You know, my, my family has a history of dementia. We're not well off. Maybe I need long-term care insurance. And like you do one at a time, like everything kind of works, works together, right? What's more important where do we want to focus on more and and how do we build that total financial plan?
0: All right. So last question for me, before we dive into the uh, listener mailbag here, we got a couple of questions from the listeners is if I, if I want to really get this going here, um, how do I get in touch with you, Mike? How do we chat? Um, yeah
1: I mean really I, I have my own my own web page you know I, I can post it out so you can post it on on for the listeners yeah we'll put the link in the description for sure yeah um really just calling you know reaching out on my cell you know calling uh is the best way you know through through you you know if if your listeners were interested reaching out to you grabbing my contact information again you can put it out my cell is public record beyond belief at this point. Um, so it's really just calling up and say, hey, I'm interested. Let's have a conversation, right? Or shoot me an email, whatever the case may be. Um, just reaching out with an interest and then set up a time and date. We Do things just like this. I either do it over the phone or Zoom preferably um, just so I can kind of, you know, see see the client, kind of get reaction. Um, it just, it makes it a little bit more personal. In person is usually my favorite way to conduct a meeting, but, you know, time, distance, sometimes makes these things a little bit more difficult. Um, Sometimes people are just more comfortable in their home behind the computer screen, wherever the client's more comfortable is is whatever I'm I'm happiest doing, but yeah, just reaching out, um, you know, to me and scheduling a meeting, getting on the calendar and uh, just
0: having a conversation. All right. Well, that's one way to get in touch here. So if any of you guys are out there looking for, Anything that Mike just talked about, whether it's life insurance or that that disability and long-term care, which, again, like you said, I don't think a lot of people think about. Uh, we'll put that information in the descriptor here, and you guys can reach out. And as we just talked about, uh, none of you are too young or too old to, to get started here. There's a, there's a policy for everybody. So kind of, you know, Mike's here to tell his story. Now you're going to tell him yours. And... We're going to work with that. When we come back from our last break here, we're going to dive into the listener mailbag. We're going to ask Mike your questions about life insurance and a couple other topics along the way here. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: Do you feel like your voice doesn't matter? Does it feel like our leaders aren't listening? Participating in politics shouldn't be this difficult. Future is Now Coalition is here to fundamentally change politics and restore democracy, making it more transparent, accessible, and inclusive. To learn more about our mission and get involved with the movement, find us at futureis.org on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and X, or visit our website futureis.org. That's futureis.org.
1: Hey, what's going on? This is Anthony from the ABJ podcast. I'm a weekly podcast that airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. exclusively on YouTube. Or you can find me on all major podcast platforms from Spotify to Apple Music to Google to, you know, pretty much everywhere. But I talk to anyone with a story. You're chasing a dream?
2: You have a story to tell?
1: Man, I want to hear it. I talk to anyone from from the art of professional wrestling to film to acting, to content creating, music, and much more. If you have a passion and you have a dream, I want people to hear about your story. So come on and join the ABJ podcast. Send me a message and we'll, we'll get an episode started right away. And I hope to see you in our chat over there on the YouTube side. Make sure you hit like and
0: subscribe. Alright, not so humble broadcast back on the air. And remember, if you guys like this episode, continue to subscribe to CKCC Radio wherever you find your favorite podcasts. We are on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, And these episodes are going to go up on YouTube. They will be audio only, no visual aspect here. So you'll have to stare at a little graphic of the subject's face the whole time. But hey, some of you guys like listening to stuff on YouTube, and that's been successful for other podcasts. So I'll go ahead and put that stuff up there as well. And we're going to dive now into the listener mailbag. Mike, you ready to answer some listener questions this time? Yep, let's do it. First question comes from Jason Shin, host of the J. Bunny Music Hub podcast right here on CKCC Radio. His question is about life insurance. I like that he specified that right at the beginning, just in case I wasn't aware. So, Jason, I appreciate that part. He says, this is pretty interesting because I never actually heard this before. Is it common knowledge that policy won't pay out in the event of a suicide? It is, no.
1: I would say it's not common knowledge. Um, Common sense, maybe-ish? but not so common nowadays. Um, But that's, that's interesting. You know, again, there's always for every policy or for every intention of a policy, there's always kind of malintent as well. Somewhere along the line, there's always, there's always one bad apple to spoil the bunch.
0: Insurance fraud is a term that exists for a reason. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, But no, I would not say common knowledge, but it is what the biggest, probably again, myth, maybe, um, insurance, life insurance can pay out in the event of a suicide. In most states, it's after two years, the policy is in force.
0: Okay. And then it, the uh, heart of his question was, are there other circumstances that would prevent a payout from happening?
1: Uh, again, generally a foul play, right? Um, you know, if, if there's predetermined, you know, ill intent necessarily to kind of collect on it, you know, for fraud, specifically, but the only other thing other than suicide is typically um, any death that's caused in the event of committing a crime, Okay. any death death that's caused like in the
0: commission of an illegal activity. Well, you've, I mean, they've made jokes about it on TV shows too. I've been watching a lot of Sopranos lately, so maybe that's why I got this on the brain, but the whole took out the life insurance policy on the wife and then she mysteriously disappeared on the cruise ship. Family guy did a joke about that, so... Yeah. Okay. Well, that, I mean, that makes sense. And like you said, that seems like common knowledge, but we're also dealing with the uh, general public here. And anybody who's ever worked with people in their yeah. lives knows, yeah. <laughs> knows what that's like. Uh, so like I said, I worked at Disney for six years. I, I would watch people stare at the bathroom, and then turn around and ask me where the bathroom is. I believe it. <clears throat> I believe it. Uh, this is from our friend on the, on the channel, Adrian Cotton, the up-and-coming motivational speaker. What do you say to people who feel like insurance is a scam? Generally, I would ask them
1: why they think that, right? And just sit back and listen. You know, I mean, generally, they're if they think insurance is a scam, they're going to have a preconceived notion. I kind of want to get to the root of why. And it, it generally becomes, you know, they know somebody that's, that's gotten burned um, somewhere along the lines. Yeah, that's usually the, the, the biggest. Right. So, I mean, but generally just listening to their concerns, right. Insurance, obviously it's a business, right. You know, we're here to make money, but we can still make money and, and, and pay out. Right. I mean, it, it all depends what company you do business with, you know, Mike for legal compliance reasons, I can't say the name, um, but we are the largest mutual life insurer in the nation, like financially stable, there's independent rating agencies that rate life insurance companies. We're AAA rated by all four of them. Can't go any higher. Um, a Comdex score is essentially insurance companies report card. We're at hundred. Can't go any higher. Right. So when you do business with the proper company that's financially stable, been around for a long time and here for your needs, you know, you find out it's, it's not a scam. Right. And like I said, and it's understanding what you know what it is that you're purchasing like i said a, t- a term policy whether it be for 10 15 20 years if you outlive it your money is gone it it's like car insurance right you know and people don't say car insurance is a scam quite as often right i'm sure they're not happy <laughs> they're not happy about paying it necessarily but it's the same it's the same concept right it, it's what, what i would say to that after just hearing their needs um, you know, if I was feeling frisky that day, um, you know, ask somebody whose loved one passed that had life insurance if they think life insurance is a scam.
0: Yeah, good, good point, too. I mean, I feel like I've, I've heard it before when people, you know, they get sick and they go to the doctor and the doctor can't figure out what's wrong with them. And then they go, well, see, health insurance is a scam. Like, eh, it's not the insurance that you're having the issue with. I think you just went to a bad doctor. Right. And I think right. that's what a, a lot of people, they 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 look for scapegoats, and I've always felt like because insurance comes across as this boring white collar kind of thing that people kind of use it as the the, the butt of to kind of take the brunt of the heat when they are upset it is. about it stuff. Is. And it is. and I've heard and I've heard that my whole life too. So. And I,
1: I like that you said white collar, right? Because <laughs> you said that and it kind of made me think like it is a very white collar industry. Like my office is in the World Trade Center. Like it, it's beyond bougie. I feel like I'm I'm at a place there, you know, and I think part of, you know, what I try to do to put, you know, my clients bring a little bit of that blue collar, right. Into a white collar industry. Sure. Because those are the people that we're protecting nine times out of 10. Right. 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 Um, You know, and that kind of makes life easier, you know, but the, the original question, you know, what, what do you say to people that think life insurance is a scam? Like if, If you can't answer with certainty to what would you do if your spouse did not come home yesterday, if you don't have an answer to that question, you probably want to do some research.
0: Well said. This question comes from my broadcasting partner, Dan Peck. What do you do to disconnect from work mode? Uh, I don't. Really?
1: Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, that's always been a an, an opportunity of mine. Uh, even in retail, I was always thinking, hey, what am I doing tomorrow? It's always kind of how I stayed ahead, like what's the next project? When I do this, this is done. And then what? How's I going to, um, you know, cascade down? But, you know, selling or, or helping people with life insurance, you know, and, and financial plans, you're always working wherever you are. There could be a potential client, right? There's always that potential conversation, right? If I'm in the supermarket, you know, and I see someone, Hey, nice shoes, you know, like, I mean, you just start a conversation, right. And see where it goes. And sometimes it's just exchange of pleasantries and moving on. Sometimes people are more talkative. You have a conversation. Hey, what do you do? What do you do? Blah, blah, blah. And you get into it. So, I mean, there's really never turning it off. Um, cause you're almost always on the clock. Um, but, I mean, for fun, what do I do? I mean, I, that's even a tougher question. I'm boring. I have two <laughs> kids. So, you know, sports with my two kids, you know, like you said before, I never thought I'd see myself doing XYZ when I was this age. I never thought I'd so, so see myself, you know, coaching my kids football, basketball, treasurer of the PTA, on the, the school's board of education. Honestly, I would have kicked my own ass 20 years ago if I knew what I was doing. And would have never seen – see me doing a lot of this kind of stuff um but i mean for fun it's really you know just spending time with the family spending time with the kids i'm a huge giants fan football fan you know my my oldest son is getting big into it too he comes to all the games we have season tickets um so you know we go to to go to the games you know go to signings you know for any giants fans out there we saw tommy cutlets when he was at the uh the hoagie shop um so I mean, just stuff like that. I mean, I'm 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 big into big into football, um, and just big into kind of creating memories and experiences with my
0: kids. Uh, I played fantasy for the first time this year. So I, I saw learned, that. I learned all I new saw. ways to rage. And uh, our classmate Kevin Helm, my old best friend from high school, uh, we would text each other every weekend. Just go. I hate football. I hate football. I love football. <laughs> like it yes, was, fantasy
1: on- football is the most frustrating thing. Even more so when, like, you're a diehard fan of the team, like when you need something to happen good for your team, and it's but it's bad for your fantasy team, or vice versa. And then, God forbid, if you gamble in there too, you got a three headed dragon. It's it's nuts. It's yeah. It's
0: yeah. Because I'm because I'm a Jets fan, so I've spent my whole life in misery. And (laughs) and they they showed up on Christmas Eve, but that was the week I didn't need them to show up because I was. In the semifinals, and my opponent had like three Jets, and they crushed me, took me out of it. And I'm like, I'm happy for my team, but I'm just very upset at the circumstances right now. You know what,
1: though? Like the nice thing about fantasy football is you don't really need to know football inside and out because it is such a crapshoot. You just never know, right? And it's – I think it brings more people – Jesus, we can have a whole podcast on fantasy football football. Oh, we should. Melissa, if you're watching this, you,
0: you heard yeah, Mike, right? Yeah, he so wants fun. to do fantasy football. It just football brings podcast. more people
1: into the game, right? It's, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, man, let's do it. Um, but it's brilliant. Like, think about whoever created fantasy football. Like, I really hope the NFL, is, not that they need the money, but they should be getting a cut on that. Or the fantasy football owner should be getting a cut on that because that's just grown the interest in the sport
0: so much. It's it's crazy. It's fun, it's not, but it's, it's frustrating so much, too. So much fun. I learned only ways to be angry this year at that. Uh, but it yeah. was it was really fun just because so many coworkers were involved. So every time we would go in there inevitably the conversation would start. My nineteen year old female coworker would just be like, Ugh, you men yeah. are talking about fantasy football again and get just storm off. Yeah, so, sorry, Haley, we love you, but could yeah, but
1: listen, listen, sometimes they get into, and it's even fun. Like, it's almost something that anybody can do, right? Well, she so, got in, so,
0: she, she got invested in it by the end because we were all at each other's throats, so. Right,
1: right. I'm sure she was coming in on Monday, like, hey, who's
0: winning? Yeah. Right? Oh, she would ask all the time. She'd be like, yeah. did you kick Mark's ass? Like, no, Mark <laughs> kicked mine, but it is what it is. All right. Uh, this question comes from Paranormal Investigator Jeff Trollowicz. Hey, he was on last week's episode. Nice. <clears throat> so... Jeff's almost looking for a personalized answer here. You kind of touched on this a little bit, but let's just summarize. I don't have any children or next of kin, really. So how important would you say life insurance is for a guy like me? Also, no relationship. Do you think it's important for me to actually invest in it? Uh, It can be. Again, right? It's not a a yes
1: or no answer, Um, but it's important to have a conversation, right? I mean, just based off that small snippet of information – I think having a conversation. I think there's permanent cash value policies that could benefit if the plan is to not have kids, never have kids. Like it's not changing. That's chiseled in stone. No relationship. Just living the bachelor life. Uh, you know, from now until the end. Which, God bless you. I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's there, There's still importance, right? That conversation would be more like, what's the retirement plan look like? What does, again, a long-term care plan look like? So if you get sick and you can't take care of yourself, who's taking care of you? Um, that might be a better long-term care conversation and life insurance conversation. But what's the retirement plan look like? Like, how, how are you invested in the market? You know, how do you typically look at investing in the market? Um, you know, life insurance, safe growth. It's not invested in the market when it's cash value. In most cases, uh, it can be if you really want to live on the edge. Um but it's, it's a, like I said before, it's a good buffer asset, right? Again, real quick, if you have a 401k and that's your main source of retirement income and it grows from, say, age 20 to age 67 and you're getting ready to retire at 67 and, say, at age 65, stock market takes, takes a crash, right? And all of a sudden now there's not enough money in there for you to retire comfortably, or keep the standard of living. So at that point, your choices are, I work longer and wait for this market to turn around and get my money back. And really just waiting to get your money back, you would have to wait even longer to get your money growing again. Or I tap into my cash value life insurance, retire when I want on my terms. And when my 401k comes back, then I can retire on my retirement salary. And again, we can have a whole nother podcast on Retirement and, and 401ks and annuities and all that fun stuff, but it all kind of ties ties in, right? It's not a one-size-fits-all. Like you know, I'll Like put it out there for all the listeners. A four, one 401k is not your retirement plan. You <laughs> definitely need more than that in order to retire comfortably. Um, not anymore. Right. Um, and it's just different. You have different vehicles going in different directions. For different things, some are tax deferred, some are tax free. Um, and you just kind of diversify the same way that like you hear all the time: diversify your portfolio. You want to do that in what you're investing in, but you also want to diversify the products that you're investing in as well, so you can leverage what you want when you want and and live life on your terms. So it's it's definitely it, it definitely has benefits to someone who is single, um, you know, no family, no kids you know, God bless you. I, you know, my, my cousin is one of those as well. I've had that conversation with him, you know, and he kind of, again, it's, I didn't know it did that. I'm like, perfect. Like we were at a devil's game drinking. I'm like, okay, perfect. (laughs) And we'll talk some other time. Um, But that's the, it's just having that conversation. There's definitely benefits to it. If it works out based on what your, your plan is rock and roll. If not, It doesn't, right? I mean, it's not one size fits all. It goes back to the just having a conversation. But for someone who is single, doesn't plan on having a family or next of kin, um, there's definitely benefits to it uh, from a retirement aspect or um, just from a, 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 again, a long-term care aspect. You know, you can put different riders, we call them. Essentially, it's the add-on on a life insurance policy that can accent uh, or replace somewhat a long-term care policy. So there's definitely different ways to kind of come up. It's essentially, if, if I don't have children, next of kin, spouse, um, the conversation is more, what do you see later in life looking like? What
0: do you want it to look like? And let's see how we can make it get there. And our last question, this actually came from Jeff as well, but this time he wants to point out that he's the host of three podcasts on CKCC Radio. Yes, he is. Check them out. And I don't know if this one's going to end on a banger or a whimper. I'm not sure how this one's going to go, but I'll ask anyway. Uh, he wants to know that since you've known me for a long time and went to school with me, do you have any good stories about me to tell? Ooh. You know,
1: it might end on a whimper. I, <laughs> I, I do, Chris. Like, I mean, we, we kind of were in different circles right, right. um I, I i never had any like ill will or anything like that i don't think i was ever douched to you <laughs> if that's you were like not PC term right like you are not <laughs> you know it's and it, again later in life though it, it's funny like especially doing what i'm doing now like you start talking to people and like you think about hey like i probably didn't act the way i should have towards that person for no reason right for no reason, um, and you almost get
0: embarrassed as as an adult. But um, most of us grew up and, and got over that behavior, right?
1: Right. Um, I don't know if I have any stories. Like I, like I said, we were just never in any situations where we interacted like that in depth. Right?
0: It was, it was like no we good. were yeah, we were cordial, bad. but we weren't like no good, we weren't no bad, buddy, buddy right? or
1: anything. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that. Again, when, when you have a class of 400. Yeah,
0: I know. There were so many. Interacting oh. with, with so many people, right? Do you, remember, uh, do you remember what number you were in our graduating class? I actually do remember mine. I was 111. No, I don't. I'll never forget that because how would you forget that, that number? It's nice and easy. How were you 111? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, because uh, – No, like as far as like GPA and stuff went. Oh, geez. No, like, I, don't. I don't. I don't. Because I remember asking our guidance counselor. She goes, you are number – 111 ever out of however many. I'm like, that's kind of neat.
2: I just never forgot that that number. Because how would I ever...
0: You'll never forget that number. Man, I didn't even know they did that. That probably shows where I was Then Let let me ask a question then. Do you have any funny high school stories you would like to tell about anybody? Oh,
1: funny high school stories. Uh, They might be listening, (laughs) so... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was... I mean, it's tough, man. I, I remember... So many goofy things, you know what i again, we're gonna keep names out of it and, and <laughs> it, it made the school newspaper, so I'm not necessarily telling anybody that anything <laughs> anybody didn't know, but I remember when somebody borrowed a rat tail from the science lab
2: <laughs> um, I remember
1: that that one probably comes to mind. um I remember that one, yes. Just what were we thinking? Not me. wasn't me. I, I should, I should no, I know.
0: I know it wasn't you. <laughs> um,
1: but, yeah, I mean, that one comes to mind. That was a good one. Um, I'd have to really sit back and think, you know who remembers these? Wayne. Wayne Corbett. I mentioned him earlier. He remembers all these. Like, when we get together, like, he gets my mind going. I get his mind going. <laughs> and we remember some, some goofy stuff because um, I remember, like, just – sitting in classes and, and, and just certain individuals having like these just classic one-liners to
0: teachers that like you, you just couldn't ever get away with saying now. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give a quick shout out to a classmate. I'm not going to tell any specific stories, but you remember our classmate, Matt Cimarelli. He was the ultimate class yeah, clown. Yeah. And, and senior year, he was he was in almost every class I had. I think the only class I didn't have with him was was yearbook because yearbook i was the only guy in the yearbook crew and then and there was like one other class he we didn't have together i think it was human biology because that was a whole other group of goofballs in there but like he was in every single class that i had that year and it was just he was always saying and, and doing all the goofy stuff but specifically on our senior class trip we went to were you on our senior class trip i don't remember if you were or not we went to Virginia Beach. I,
1: no, I wasn't. Okay, I didn't go to Virginia Beach.
0: So we we got off. Uh, we got off one of the roller coasters, and we're coming up the exit way. And the exit way snakes right past where the queue line is. And there's Matt with. Uh, Uh, one group of classmates and here comes me with our group of classmates and i see matt from behind so being goofy i just ran up behind him and gave him a little shove and he goes hey buddy and then he does like the whole like jump over the railing to try to get at me but he falls over the railing and his entire set of pants just comes down and all these people in line that have no idea who we are are all just groaning and moving away from him and he's just stuck upside down for like, it, it was probably only upside down for maybe three seconds, but it felt like an eternity because his pants have yeah, down at this point. <laughs> yeah. As you
1: say that, I can literally picture
0: Matt doing that. <laughs> like he he was, he was just a ball of life. Um, he was at a reunion to too, just awesome. running around saying hi to everybody. And
1: that, that was a blur, man. It, it felt, it was the longest and shortest four hours ever. Oh, I felt sure. like the first two hours was like that awkward silence where all the kids are standing on the wall and no boys don't want to dance with the girls kind of deal. And then everyone had a couple of drinks, and then it like everyone just started having a good time. And I was, you know, we saw the posts on Facebook, and I was even saying like, "Hey, let's just have a barbecue sometime in July, just somewhere up here, and just have a good time." Like if we just got together again. You know, every couple of months like that. It was such. Such a good time. Like if, if we had, I, I should really look into organizing that. We, sh- like we, we should, had, like, because I be, agree
0: like, with you. That wasn't enough time. I still wanted would, to talk to more people and, and, and see more people and tell more stories. Yeah. I, I feel like four hours probably would have been a good time. If, if like that awkwardness,
1: like that nervousness wasn't there. Right. Um, but like, yeah, if we have like a barbecue, like out in a field somewhere or like in a fire pavilion, a beer pong, a cornhole, maybe some karaoke, um, oh, yeah. Get I some, feel like it was like a, an afternoon deal. Like, you know. Get some, get some drinks
0: in us and play cornhole. That won't – that'll end in a fun way. We'll all be whipping the bags at each other. At with all class, I'm sure it would have ended <laughs> just the way it's supposed to. you know what I re- – what I distinctly remember walking in and being like, I can't believe how many people still look the same. They just look like grown-up versions of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really <sighs> –
1: don't think anybody changed. Nobody changed that. so
0: drastically that I didn't recognize no. them.
1: No. You know, it, it's, it's funny. And uh, who was it? It was Jesse and, and Justina. Thank you for setting up our reunion. Our, oh, yes. Thank you school. so much. It was awesome. We all had a blast. Um, but whoever was behind having our high school photos as, as the ID, oh. I need to thank you very much because my son had a blast. Looking at me with uh, ear length hair that I haven't <laughs> had in his lifetime. <laughs> uh, yeah, it 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 was fun. It was those two girls and whoever else helped did did an amazing job. Um, and we definitely need to find more excuses to do a little bit more often because like I don't think anybody you know didn't have a good time. And I talked to a couple people that weren't able to make it. Um, and I to kind of explain it. Like, yeah I wish I could have gone. Like, like Wayne Wayne was supposed to go yeah you know, um, he had he had work that came up literally last minute um yeah
0: it's unfortunate
1: it, kinda left, it left me in the lurch because like he was my wingman I'm like crap now I don't know who to who to hang out with or who to go to with this at, at this thing right like and it just it forced you to just kinda talk to everybody seeing the prompt you know videos and photos were were fun ish you know until you know spouses see you with your your girlfriend 20 years ago. All of a sudden, having a good time. Yeah, well, my uh,
0: my girlfriend dumped me after the prom. She basically dated me so she could go to a prom, and then she dumped me the next day. So, ah, nice. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Those are, I had a good time know, at the prom, though, yeah. until till the aftermath.
1: I don't see, I don't remember the prom so so much. I I remember small small. I don't remember where it is. I think someone said we had it at Parsippany. No recollection of that. Um, I didn't go down the shore afterwards. Uh we went to to a buddy's house and kinda hung out there for the weekend. I think the parents were were away for the weekend, so we had the, the shore up in Vernon. Um but yeah, I mean I don't really remember the prom. I, I have such a bad long term memory when it comes to the actual like day in, day out stuff.
2: Yeah. I
0: really do. Oh it's I, I thought of one funny high school story and I will drop this individual's name because I know he's a he's in a good place now. Our friend Tom Malero... TJ, as he was known. Yeah. TJ uh, yeah. TJ's doing well. I've talked to him somewhat recently. He actually wasn't aware of uh, Adam Monroe's passing until the reunion came up and he wasn't able to make it. He messaged me, kind of got some details from me about that. And I'm, I'm sorry he had to find out that way. Adam Monroe.
1: The name sounds familiar. He
0: didn't graduate with us. He got a GED. He basically dropped out junior year. But I was close with him and me, him, Mike Taylor, Chris Kubik. Like, we all hung out together quite a bit. It sounds so – I got
1: to go dig up my earbud because it sounds so familiar. But
0: the story I'm going to tell about TJ is when we were doing our rehearsal for our graduation. So, literally, our entire class is all in the gymnasium together and I see the vice principal march up the aisle all of a sudden going, you know, doing the hand thing like, come here, because somebody was messing up in the back and we all turn around and it's TJ getting escorted out. And everybody in unison went,
2: oh,
0: which was our stupid high school cafeteria thing. <laughs> yep. And he just yep. he just slunk out there with that smile on his face that he always had. He's funny. He is doing good. He's, um,
1: yeah, he's buddies with Wayne. I, I ran into him. Oh, where did I run into TJ. Tom, I want to say maybe it was at Wayne's wedding, um, but I feel like it was at either Wayne, maybe Wayne's one of his kids' birthday parties. But I ran into him there, and yeah, he's he's doing well. He's down where? He's down south, right? Virginia, South Carolina, North, North, I I think. North, yeah. one so, of those. Tom, I apologize if I got that wrong. Yeah, sorry, Tom. You're somewhere one down of those, there, like, between Delaware and Georgia, kind <laughs> of deal. He's doing boat paint or something like that. Yeah, I was watching his video on YouTube, man. Crap! He sold
0: me. I almost wanted to buy a boat just to paint it. <laughs> he date he dated one of my exes. Really? Yeah, I remember that too. I'm like, really, dude? Is that you? Sure, you want that? All right. And then he uh, then he learned the same thing I learned. And listen, and at no. that point in time, we all have to learn our own way. You <laughs> all yeah. have to learn your own way. But shout out, shout out to the to the class, and uh, you're you're the first one I'm interviewing. I hope you're not the last. I hope. I hope a lot of you guys hear this uh we all have really interesting stories i was hearing a lot of them at the reunion i would be wonderful if you guys would want to come on we can chat one-on-one we can tell even more stories but mike it was an absolute pleasure having you on here and catching up like yeah man it was it was a blast like i said i mean crap i was I told you before i was nervous
1: coming on and doing this but like i just feel like this It's not like I do weekly now, right? Just catching up, (laughs) right? Just letting people know what you're doing, right? You know, kind of the importance of it. Like, I'd love to hear what some of our classmates are doing and what they're up to, you know, the same way and just kind
0: of touching base and keeping up. But, yeah,
1: this was an absolute pleasure, man. Ladies and gentlemen, that
0: was the hint right there. Mike wants to hear how you're doing.
1: And And I've
0: got a forum for you to come on and talk about how you're doing, so let's let's do this uh sign up the forms in the description sign up mike if anybody wants to actually get in touch with you how can they do so so the best bet again reaching out myself
1: i'm on you know social media i have obviously a personal page most of these are friends of me on, on on facebook Mike Fran japan um but i also have a um you know professional business page it's michael j Fran Japan. Registered representative. I'm sure, Chris, you put the spelling of my last name in, 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 in the link because it's, uh, I've heard all kinds of spellings and pronunciations. But yeah, I mean, hit me up on LinkedIn, hit me up on Facebook, reach me out my cell. I mean, honestly, you know, I'm, I'm always open to just getting to know people, having conversations. Again, my cell is the easiest way to find me. It's 973 534 0239. I guess it's public record at this point. Um, if you so, can't
0: memorize it, it's written in the description below. Um, Yeah, I mean, just let's just have conversations, right? Absolutely. Well, folks, we'll be back next week. Another guest will come on the Not So Humble broadcast and tell their story. But until then, everybody be excellent to one another. Reunite with those classmates of yours. See how they're doing. And uh, if you got any questions about life insurance, this is the man to hit. Thank you again, Mike. It was an absolute pleasure. Absolutely Chris. Thank you for having me. Like I said, this was this was a blast. Absolute blast. All right. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Not So Humble Broadcast. See you then.